The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast that's coming to you semi-live from Austin. She just means that we're both live together in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that any of you can, like, live re- respond or listen to it, whatever. Semi-live. You'll still be listening to it tomorrow. <laughs> yes. That's why, that's the semi. That's the semi. Half. We are but we are alive. We are alive. <laughs> anyway, it is technically... A podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. Very light on the stats, very heavy on the shenanigans. Very, and very light on the stars most of the time. Most of the time. It's because they're not very exciting sometimes. Uh, I, have a, I have a quick question for you. Go for it. When you are by yourself in your own home, do you do the big arms? Sometimes. Depending. <laughs> I mean, only if... This is a big episode, so the big the arms got bigger. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I you can't see her, obviously, but when she said, uh, "We are a podcast" or whatever it was, you said it got it was like big Jesus arms. The spectacular, spectacular, spectacular. Well, the reason we are semi live today, however, is very cool, and it's our topic for conversation for the next thirty minutes. To an hour. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the whole podcast. Mm-hmm. We went to the Winter Classic. We The Winter Classic, Big Arms Again, was hosted in Dallas, and we went. It was so cool. It was so cool. Okay, I'm actually going to start us off with a reader question. Okay. Unusual. But Fahrenheit Phil asks, should they play it again every day the rest of the year? Okay, so from a fan perspective... That would be pretty dope, except that I can't make it up for every single no. outdoor game that happens. No. Uh, I think that the shtick would get old pretty quick as far as, like, how crowded it was, it was how uncomfortable crowded. the seats were. That was very You know, like, it, I think, I, what makes these things special is the fact that they so rarely happen. They're very special. And if it, it makes, that makes it special. And if we did it every day for the rest of the year... It wouldn't be special, and we wouldn't have the same feelings attached. And then it would just be like, why can't they get a better arena? So, um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think if I went to two games in a row, row at the Cotton Bowl, I would be like, nah, fuck this place. <laughs> yeah, this is this is fucking awful, and I hate it. So, yeah, no, they should not play it over there every year. Also, like just from a player perspective, that ice. Did not look great. Was not great. And, I mean, granted, they did say that it was better than some arenas, and I can tell you for sure it's better than the ice at Madison Square Garden, uh-huh. because that ice fucking sucks. But it's because they're not on the ground floor. There's, like, four stories of, like, building uh, below them. So that ice is super shitty. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So um, the, the, the ice was not good, and I don't want to piss our players off by giving them shitty ice to play on. That's true. But... Oh my god, we had so much fucking fun. We, I yeah, it was it was a great time. If you can go to a winter classic, specifically that your team is in, mm-hmm. that is that was such a baller experience. Although like, I would say, if you have the opportunity to go to winter classic, eat, like yes, specifically that your team is in for mm-hmm. sure, that would be the most fun. But like even if you even if it's not a team you are diehard for, but like you even just care about a little, like man. The the atmosphere there is like none other. I've been to playoff games that weren't as like hype as that was. That was it was playoff so cool. games they won that weren't as hype as that one. It was, was so cool. And like honestly, like <laughs> shout out to the Nashville fans. We were sitting near some really cool Nashville fans. I didn't I was in the, I was getting food when you guys did this, but when uh, when you both did like the, you know, the <laughs> The the handshake over like Corey Perry or whatever. <laughs> God, that was really funny. Um yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was, but it was also, it was great because, like, he was clearly a very knowledgeable fan. Like, when the calls went against them, he was like, yeah. And, like, we were doing the same thing. And so, like, yeah. it was good banter. It was not. He turned around at the end and was like, hey, thanks for being such cool fans to sit near. And I was, and I mean, I have been the visiting fan in another arena, and I never want to be that kind of person that the Ducks fans were to me. Yeah. Especially when they won. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's not, I've, I've I'm not about that life. I'm not going to be a dick to other people sitting near me. But um, my favorite thing that he said, though, was when Roham Yossi won the pig race. And he turned around and was like, at least he won something today. And I was like, oh, you're so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was such a great experience, too. Like, it helped that we went with a bunch of friends and, like, 
you know, all had kind of very similar vibes going into the game, which was... We're here to have fun. We're here to have fun. Yep. And, um... We did not really have a lot of illusions on what the team was going to do. No. <laughs> going in, we were like, ah, oh, we might lose, but we're here for the experience. But yeah, and like, I don't know, the, the thing that really, like, sent chills down my spine was, um, when they played, uh, Garth Brooks. Uh, the uh, friends in low places, yeah, and like not everybody was singing along with like all of it, but then they got to the Oasis. All eighty five thousand people sang the Oasis line, and it was like, oh, <laughs> there are a lot of people. Like it was, it was so cool. Honestly, like just the the anthem in the beginning, and the mm-hmm. number of people screaming "Star," like that was such a like a. Shit, there are a ton of people here moment for me. Yeah, it was it was really, really, really cool. And I mean, like, I can only hear... I mean, we can only hear the crowd from our section. It's not like we right. were standing down in the middle of the ice and, like, listening to it. But when Radulov scored that go-ahead goal and, like, we started crying. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I did cry. I did cry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to. I got a little teary, but nothing spilled out. But I was just like... I cried way more at Little Lemon. Um, we cried a lot. We like cried a lot at Little Women. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. There's really, truly nothing like cheering on a sports team with like sixty five thousand of your closest friends. Yeah. That really gets your blood pumping. It was a truly unique experience. One hundred percent unique. Mm hmm. There will be nothing like it again. Which is why I do not want to have it every day of the year. Sorry. Sorry to you, Fahrenheitville. That's it. And, and also, I would at some point like to actually lead a game <laughs> Oh, instead of just coming from behind all the time? Yeah. Although now we are the team that has come from behind the most times out of anybody in the NHL. Not really a distinction I want to hold. I would rather just, like, start winning and stay there. Yeah, that would be great. Better for my blood pressure, anyway. Exactly. Oh, These assholes. Yeah, I think if there was anything I could change about the Winter Classic, I'd want Groobs doing the music. Oh, fuck yeah. Because the music, aside from the couple, like, clear throws to to country anthems that both fans would appreciate, it would have it would have been better with Groobs. I also don't want it on NBC. I don't want it on NBC. Uh, even if, if they were going to put it on NBC, fine, whatever, but use the local broadcasting team. Right. I think the problem was with this particular Winter Classic, it was the first one they were like, we're going to do... It's going to be like a neutral site game, even though it's in Dallas. And it's clearly a Dallas home game. And it's clearly a Dallas I mean, home we game. got our we got our goal song. We got our like yeah. goal horn. And they were the one wearing the green. The Nashville's wearing white. Like fuck off with your neutral site shit. Like I would I wouldn't have minded if it had been like a color on color game. That would have been cool. Yeah. Especially with Nashville and Dallas in it. Mm-hmm. But like it, it, but it was in Dallas. It's yeah. not a neutral site. Not at all. So I, I, I just thought that was that was probably the, one of the biggest things that from the game experience I should I would have really changed. And then the other thing is that clearly the city of Dallas didn't understand that they had sold eighty five thousand tickets to this event because we were trying to take public transportation there and back, and it was impossible. It was nearly impossible. We, we got on the train going back, but only because a unicorn train came. Only because we had a miracle red line train on a green line only station. Yeah, which I still <laughs> don't understand. But and, and and to be fair, on the way back they had buses go. Yeah, they were that we were literally trying to walk to the buses when this miracle train came. But on the way there, we were trying to take the train, and like every single train was full, and they were coming every fifteen minutes, and it was like guys. Yeah. This has been planned for months. Yeah. Like, how did you not know that this was going to happen? And thankfully on the way there, we had called an Uber when buses pulled up. Yeah. So we canceled the Uber, but I was just like, why? It didn't have to be like this. It didn't have to be like this. You could have planned better. You could have planned better. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. And it was also kind of hilarious. You had gone to get food, but like, that was right, I think, we... We were talking, that was right when the penalty shot got awarded, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. And like, yeah, I missed, I missed the entire first period. So I missed Corey Perry's walk of shame, five minutes of power play, which meant two goals and a penalty shot. Yeah. This, this winter classic had it all and I missed <laughs> most of it. And I missed almost the entire second period. 
But you were back for the go-ahead I goal. Vote, not the, the, the not the go-ahead. The, yeah, um, the, the only the, goal that we scored in the second. Right. Yes, I was back for that. I, I caught the last four minutes, which fortunately happened to be the only four minutes that mattered. <laughs> which was great for you. I, like I said, was there for all, like, gone for all of the first. I was starving, y'all. I was literally a, getting so hangry. Yeah, and that's why I missed the second. Because I was like, I, if... A, I got in the wrong food line, and then B, I was like, if I leave this food line, I will never get anything to eat, because there are so many people here, they're running out of food. Oh, shit. Like, they literally ran out of pretzels right in front of me. Like, I wasn't going for a pretzel, but, like, had I been, I would have been pissed. It was, like, two people in front of me took the last pretzel. Oh, my God. What? How did they not plan for food? I guess, I guess they just thought that hockey wasn't a big thing in Dallas. That is dumb as shit. I, I, I really, as if they didn't know how many seats they'd sold. I don't know. Like, that is the thing that boggles my mind. They literally knew what attendance was. Yeah. I don't know. But we do have more reader questions about Twitter classes. Okay. Let's let's move on from this one. The first one. <laughs> the only one we've done so far. <laughs> so, Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen, asks, Bonus said, Corey Perry would never hurt anyone. Has he ever watched Corey Perry play hockey? My guess ever. is no. Related. Can we just... Driving Girl asks... Can we just launch Corey Perry into the sun? I've already done it. I mean, technically we have not. That's hyperbole. Like, in my heart, I launched him into the sun at the Winter Classic. I mean, I've launched him in, like, in my heart, he's not even on the stars. In my heart, he doesn't exist. He was never born. <laughs> I really, when when we signed him, uh-uh. it was a dark day for me. I was just like, oh, I'm still... Everybody who was like, this is going to be such a good signing. It's so cheap. I was like, yeah, bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody, was, somebody was talking to me like, you're going to like him when he starts scoring for you. And I was like, okay, he scored a couple for me and I still don't like him. Nope. Yeah. I no. just looked at my non-existent watch. Yeah. I wasn't going to call you out on it. Audio medium. I did it for myself. <laughs> did it for myself. I just looked at a non-existent watch, y'all. That's fine. I mean, I get that like bonus has to say that to like. He doesn't though. He doesn't have to say that specifically. He did not have to say, he did not have to come out in, like, large support of Corey Perry right before he gets suspended for five games for being a fucking repeat offender under the under the, the NHL player safety rules. Like, that was stupid. That made me angry. Yeah. Like. It would, more so than Corey Perry would never hurt anyone. And, and I do kind of believe, like, I would believe that he was not intentionally trying to headshot the guy. I think he was being unsafe with his arms. Which is what he always does. Which is what he's always does. And I have zero issues whatsoever with his five-game suspension. Zero issues. None. But my major concern, the thing that pissed me off about what Bonus was saying, was that they came out and won the game for Perry. Because he had to miss the Which is such bullshit. Number one, no. They didn't. No. They won it for themselves. Because they wanted to win the Winter Classic. Right. Like... If they had come out and not won it at all, <laughs> like, obviously that would have been much worse. Like, nobody's winning that bullshit for Corey Perry. I don't think any of them like him enough. Like, no, that's like, dumb. they don't even know him that well. Yeah, he's been there for, what, half a season? And he, and he was, it's not like he was stretchered out like Ellis. Like, yeah. are you are you saying the National Predators lost the game for Ellis? Like, that's bullshit. No. If, if Corey Perry had been stretchered off, sure, maybe. But, like... It was not some nobody's, emotional turning point. No, nobody's winning that fucking game because the, that guy went out on a five-minute penalty and, like, cost them two power play goals. Like, nobody's doing that. No. I, I, that is so dumb. I feel like... I mean, I know on our first podcast post, Monty Firing, he'd only coached, like, two or three games at that point, and we were like, well, maybe he'll be okay. And I'm, the more I see from him, the more it's just, oh, this is old-school hockey again. Yeah. This is Ken Hitchcock hockey... We don't need that. It doesn't work. Well, remember when Holly was telling us on New Year's Day at Chewy's that Rick Bonus is the first coach to have, like, coached in five decades? I think he's the third coach. Oh, okay. Either way, five decades. Which also is disgusting. It is. Let's never talk about that again. Uh, And we have one more Winter Classic jersey before we're allowed. Jersey? One more Winter Classic jersey? Yeah, actually. Uh, Andrew, too cool for Cali LA asks, should I get my blank winter classic jersey personalized for Sephora now or wait for him to get an indoor goal? I think you should get a court buried. (laughs) (laughs) No, 
Why would you curse Andrew like that? He I'm just, always asks this question. I know. I'm just kidding, Andrew. I like Andrew. Andrew and I are... He's from, he's in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I see him at the, when I go out to the Texas Star Games. And we saw him at the Winter Classic. He was in line to get something. Oh, he was in line to go see the Stanley Cup. I waved at him when oh, we were talking I didn't to Aaron. See him. I, I oh, yeah. clearly was looking the other way. You were talking As to I Aaron. was when we saw Alushensky and Brendan Marr. Oh my God, can we tell that story real quick? <laughs> okay, so we got to the Winter Classic and um, we had been dropped off at like one end of the whole of the fairgrounds and I was having to give something to a friend at the other end of the fairgrounds. So we walked more than halfway there and then all of us were kind of like, what if we just call her and tell her to come to us? <laughs> So that's what we did. I called my drunk friend and had her come and get the thing from us, which means that we were sitting there in front of a gate and just waiting for her to show up and then we were going to go in the gate. And who should walk by while the four of us are standing there but Alish fucking Hemsky, his wife, and his older son Milo. And so I'm standing there. I'm the only one that sees them, right? I'm standing facing out to the parking lot looking for my friend and here comes I recognize Julie Hemsky first because I follow her on Instagram and I see her fucking face all the time. She's gorgeous in real life but I was just like wait I think I know her. And then I looked at the side I was like I do know her. And Robert was facing the other way, so I reach out and I start hitting him, just like still staring straight at Alashemsky, just hitting him. <laughs> Alashemsky made eye contact with me, though. He knew exactly what was going on. And so then Robert started hitting me back <laughs> instead of looking up. And then finally looked up and saw Alashemsky. So I got to see Robert see Alashemsky, <laughs> which, by the way, is the best moment. Of the whole thing. Yeah. Like, but yeah, Carolyn and Holly both missed him. And then... We Later walk- in the crowd, we were walking... Was that when we were after or before? We had just gotten in, in the gate. So we had gone into the main gate where the Cotton Bowl and the Midway were. And um, we he was walking out toward, back towards the gate. I don't know what he where he was going or what he was doing. But I look over and there's a guy in a suit... And then next to him was a smaller guy in a suit. So I guess he was traveling with his own security. I don't know. But I looked at him and I was like, oh, hey. And then I just kept walking. Because what are you going to do? I didn't want to, like, draw attention to him in the middle of a crowd. So I yeah, was. that would have been bad. But, yeah, then I looked back at Robert and Robert had seen him too. But you and Holly, again, both missed him, I think. <laughs> Carolyn missed so much. <laughs> but I did get to see Paul Bizonette. Oh, that's. I care. <laughs> Yay! Paul Bissonnette, what a guy. Yeah, he was taken, and that was when I was in line for food, and, like, it was hilarious, because, like, one, like, kid, probably 14, recognized him, and then took a selfie with him, and then a couple other kids recognized, or, like, took selfies with him, and... Did any adults take selfies with him? (laughs) (laughs) They had no idea who he was. But the thing that struck me about him is, like, you know how you hear about, like, like, movie stars, they're so skinny that their heads look really big. Mm-hmm. Like, Paul Bizonette is not a small dude. Like, he works out a lot. But I had the same feeling that he was so skinny and his head looked so big. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love that. I think he just has a very strong jaw, you know? Yeah. So, he looked a little he does like have a very. He actually does have a very strong jaw. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a bad looking dude. I just no, don't... he's actually quite attractive. Yeah. But, like, also, I do don't care for him. <laughs> you know, honestly, from what I've heard from friends who have actually met him, who have yeah. worked in hockey, he's not the way that he comes across on Twitter. He's just building, like, a, a persona brand, yeah. and a brand. But, like, I don't like that brand, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, and, I think- and since all, that's all I have to go on, I'm sure he's a nice dude. I've heard it from a lot of people. And I've watched his interactions with, like, Sam Gagne's wife on uh-huh. Instagram, and he was always very sweet with her. No, and, and so I'm sure he's a nice, nice dude, but like, like, yeah, like a couple of them asked for selfies, and then eventually he was like, "No, I just, I have to go, guys. I'm sorry." Yeah, like he was polite about it, but like also it was one of those things. Like I feel like if you're building a brand as a jerk, yeah, it doesn't matter to me so much what how you're nice actually you are yeah. in no. real life because there is a part of you that is a jerk that yeah. you're just letting out in certain circumstances. Yeah, no, that's 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 also a good point. That's true. So it's like, eh, yeah, not for me. Okay, so back to that. Back to Back to this question. Um, yeah, I would wait till Sakara <laughs> scores an indoor goal. <laughs> Honestly, I just don't know that I would do Sakara. <laughs> no. Well, so follow up to the question for people who are actually concerned. Uh, question is moot. Now that I've picked up my order, I see they've given me a Sagan jersey in the bag. 
We probably ran out of blank ones. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> I mean, congratulations on your free Sagan customization, I guess. Yeah. That's so funny. I hope he's your favorite player. All right. Well, he is now. Uh, but this was shockingly not the only Stars news that came out this week. Winter Classic and all of the pomp and circumstance around it. Uh, Jim Montgomery finally released a statement about his firing. We, I mean, so, yes, if you guys haven't seen it, um, he checked himself into, I mean, who wouldn't have seen this, but he checked himself into an inpatient alcohol rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... A picture of the, a, a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. But we still, it's like, it's still not, this is the reason he was fired. Because first of all, under the ADA, you can't fire somebody for being, being an alcoholic. Fair enough. But second of all, there still had to be some sort of Inciting precipitating incident. incident. Yeah. Uh, so we still don't know what that incident is. Although, you know, speculation runs wild. But if you are an alcoholic, it's far, if you have a problem with alcohol, or it's, even if you don't have a problem with alcohol, but you get fucking drunk. At like one time in a work trip, you are liable to do something that is fireable. Yeah. Like, uh, one thing we were talking about, like even a thing that again, hundred percent speculation. Yeah, we don't have any insider Zero information. Zero insider no- knowledge. But one of the things we uh, we were talking about was like, oh, a thing that you could get fired for is if you have somebody in your room with your work laptop. Yeah. If you have confidential information on your work laptop and you leave somebody alone with it, that's fireable. Yeah, your work laptop or all of those fucking iPads they use yeah. and all that kind of stuff. There's plenty of things that a, that a, that an NHL head coach has access to that are confidential that if he gives anybody access to it or even allows them to be in the same room as it, mm-hmm. game over. Like, that's fireable. That's a fireable offense. So mm-hmm. if he's making those kinds of decisions whilst drunk, then yeah. So, Again, speculation. It's entirely speculation, but having... But it, it fits with all the things, because it's not about another player. Mm-hmm. It's not illegal. Nope. It's not... Uh, doesn't involve any other Stars employee. Mm-hmm. It's not... A, yeah, not no criminal mm-hmm. investigation necessary. It's just something that you can't have happen. Yeah. And it's also possible that maybe there was, like, a three strikes thing going on, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are... If there if there's a, a alcohol problem involved, there's so many different ways that could be bad for a business that isn't necessarily going to be illegal or involve other people. Right. Um so it does make sense that, that might be the root cause. Yeah. Even if it's not the exact incident that he got fired for. Yeah. We are hoping that he gets better and gets yeah. what he needs and I I really do like Monty. I really did appreciate him as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do hope that he is on the, he's on a good path now and that he gets the help and the support that he needs because no one, no one deserves to go through that kind of thing alone. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, he's proven himself kind of over and over to be a pretty good person to the people he works with mm-hmm. as well, which is also extremely heartening to see that it's more of a, this is actually a personal problem that I didn't endanger people and mm-hmm. like all of that. So that's kind of good. And it also like cynically gives him cover to work again mm-hmm. in hockey mm-hmm. to have gone through this program. Kind of the way that a lot of like players with substance abuse problems have been able to come back and either play again or work in hockey and that kind of thing. Too. Right. So I think there's, I think all the, I have a feeling they also had to wait until after the Winter Classic to put the statement out, very cynically. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes makes sense because you don't want to detract from that mm-hmm. storyline. Yeah. So. I mean, unless you're Patrick Wall. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> That's still probably the most bananas firing slash quitting yeah. in the NHL that yeah. I can think of. Well, Patrick Waugh is the most bananas. He is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> well. Twinkle, twinkle, little stars. How I wonder what you charts. That was the first time we've gotten to do it in person and I don't have to line up the sound files. <laughs> oh, yay. So, Good job, us. Today's stars charts 
are coming to you from thesun.co.uk. Yes, that newspaper. <laughs> Not as bad as the Daily Bale, but just, <laughs> but just as bonkers. Yep. And I'm particularly excited because this one is Taroscopes. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Your week ahead, according to Carrie King and her tarot cards. Amazing. So who are we doing today? I mean, obviously we got to do Andrej Sekera. Do we know what he Sekera. is? He was born... Oh, he's a cancer. Hey, c'est moi. There right? June 8th is cancer, isn't it? Oh, no. June 8th is um, a, a oh. Gemini. No, you're right. He's a Gemini. Uh, Gemini, not me. <laughs> Just kidding. The card for Gemini this week is Nine of Wands, King of Coins slash Pentacles, and the Emperor. Ooh. New Year equals new attitude, and it's all directed towards an area of life that you Gemmies. No. Nope. Yep, that's a real thing that was written here. No. Nope. You Gemmies typically find well a bit tricky. Money. Oh. The king of coins wants to lend you his practical shrewdness and experience when it comes to getting on top of your finances, making a little go a long way, and marshalling your resources like a boss. The emperor is urging you to take control here and get the upper hand over your finances, rather than drowning in uncertainty and ignorance. A little bit of knowledge and awareness can go a long way here. Go seek advice. Go do some research. Go talk to your friends who love this kind of stuff. Those people do exist. They're usually earth signs. The Nine of Wands shows that by the end of February, you can have your material world totally ship-shape and ready for inspection. And it won't be half as boring, onerous, or troublesome as you currently think. Go sort this out. I would just like to point out that I was looking at the next game to see who scored against Detroit and guess who scored against Detroit. Andre Sicker? Yeah. No way! Yeah! He's, this is this is how much we did not watch this game. <laughs> we had no idea. We knew they won 4-1, but we did not know that Andre Sekera was the fourth goal. <laughs> so he has scored his indoor goal, and Andrew is free to get his name on the back of a jersey. He can just use the S from Sagan. <laughs> tape over it. Just tape over it. Star's uh, new girl goal scorer. I don't know how you're going to get that jersey number changed, but you, you I, I have faith in you. Sekera is number five. He took Jamie Alexiak's number. You could use the nine a little bit. You could. You'd have to get rid of the one. Greenfelt. Greenfelt. God, that would look so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's do... Let's do Corey Perry. What is Corey Perry? He's May 16th. What's that? Uh, I think that's a Taurus. Yeah, that's a Taurus. Okay. Right before Gemini. Uh, Taurus for this week. Five of Wands, Page of Coins, Four of Wands. Mm. You've been experiencing quote-unquote growing pains in an area of your life as shown by the pesky and irritating Five of Wands. It feels difficult, and that is because you don't really belong in this space anymore. <laughs> Bye-bye! You need to find a new landscape and broaden your horizons. <laughs> oh my god, please. Please leave. <laughs> the pathway might be found via education, as shown by the earnest page of coins. If it's your job you need to change, then look to formal training and learning as a means of finding a new path. If it's your financial or home situation, do some research and seek professional advice. If it's your health or fitness, read up on what might work best for you. Source some new new ideas. Mug up on your specific field. I don't know what that means. I don't either. That's a Britishism. The Four of Wands shows this endeavor will be very successful and, in just a month's time, will help you find that new landscape. New space equals new opportunity, and you're more than ready. Oh my god. Get thee gone! Get thee gone! Maybe we can trade him for an actual goal scorer. That's hysterical. I love that. I want to do uh, Big Ben because I love him. 
He is a Scorpio. I was going to say Scorpio. He would have been correct. And then I want us to read our horoscopes. Okay. These are hilarious. Yeah. Scorpio. Six of wands, seven of coins, nine of cups. Something positive and magical will happen this week that makes you reevaluate everything. The six of wands shows you enjoying success and fulfillment, and it rather makes you want to seek more of it. This event whets your appetite, and you decide to pause a while and reflect on your trajectory. The seven of coins is a crossroads kind of card, popping up when we are about to take a left turn. Oh, left field turn. Okay, sure. Uh, sabbaticals, retraining, traveling, new career path, etc. So, anything is possible from here, Scorpio. The Nine of Cups is a wonderful omen of good fortune and says that the higher you aim here, the better the outcome. It's a wish-come-true card and blesses whatever your ambitions are with luck and opportunity. Truly, this is a potentially life-changing window of opportunity. Don't close it too soon. Sit and think about what you'd love to be doing with your life. It's possible. He's a professional hockey player. I think he's good there. Probably so. So you wanted to read us? Yeah. Okay. I will start with you because I'm scrolling up. Leo, eight of cups, ten of swords, two of points. There is no escaping the reality of endings, closure, and losses happening in our lives, and the double whammy of the eight of cups and ten of swords reveal you're about to face such an event. You may feel disappointed that this didn't work out as you had hoped, but deep down you have felt this coming for a long time. It has gotten harder and more difficult to pretend, quote-unquote, all is well. You know it is not. What I can promise you is that you have an abundant life full of other opportunities, roles, and people who can help you through this. Don't stare at the box, end quote, which is missing. Look at your broader life boxes, more quotes, all those other compartments you can now invest a bit more time and energy in. Turn your gaze to what you have versus what you lack. You have plenty of joy, opportunity, and advantages to revel in, and soon enough, something will flow in to replace whatever is leaving. You'll be fine, honestly. You're a Leo. <laughs> also, very interesting given the tarot card reading you did for me yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I finally made good on that promise. Yep. To give her a reading. Yep, yep. All right, Cancer. I got the Chariot, the Lovers, the Knight of Swords. You're in an unusually forthright, ambitious, and direct kind of a mood this New Year, Cancer, and I like to see it. You're determined to be the doer versus the done-to in 2020, and the Chariot and the Knight of Swords sees you starting out as you mean to go on. I suspect you're taking control, seeking truths, making plans, <laughs> looking at ne what needs to make a sharp exit from your life. Feels good to be the boss, doesn't it? The Lovers shows the task ahead this week is to figure out how you really feel about stuff, which has always confused you or been a source of conflict. <laughs> oh my god. I need you to read that sentence again. Lovers shows the task ahead this week is to figure out how you really feel about stuff, which has always confused you. <laughs> That's beautiful. Head Good luck with that, friend. <laughs> Thank you. I need it. <laughs> yeah. Head versus heart decisions on slash off relationships. Half-hearted ambitions. What to do about them? Switch them on or pull the plug and move on to something more inspiring. Only you can decide that, and this is the week to do it. No, fuck you too. <laughs> That's amazing. Those were actually pretty good. That was a good one. Again, that was Carrie King, the Taroscopes reader. <sighs> I'm a fan. Alright. Ready for happy things? I am ready for happy things. I'm gonna make us I have a I have a, I have a caveat. Okay. Not allowed to talk about half hockey. I wasn't gonna. Just making sure. We, we already spent a lot of time talking about the Winter Classic. I mean, we both went to the That's what I'm saying. We can't use the Winter Classic as our happy thing. So, my happy thing is probably watching Little Women with you. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, especially, specifically, the pre- when, like, the previews. <laughs> so, we're sitting there in the previews, and the fucking Mulan preview plays, and I see Carolyn, like, wiping a tears under her glasses, 
as I'm taking my glasses off to just do a full napkin wipe because that's how much I cried at the fucking preview for Mulan. And Carolyn looks over at me and she was like, I'm so glad we're seeing this movie together. And I was like, yes. Me too. Because we both know the story of Little Lemon, and we knew that there were going to be tears, and my God, were there tears. There were so many tears. I honestly, I think I probably cried at the second, the whole entire second half of the movie. Like, I, I did not just cry at Beth dying. No, no, no. I, I cried at, I cried at a lot of shit. I actually probably cried more at other stuff than Beth cry, Beth dying. Oh, but I cried like, a lot at Beth dying. No, no, it's not that I didn't cry at Beth dying. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, you know, uh... That was that was a good movie. That was a good movie. It was. So, but, like, specifically, I'm happy I saw it with you. Yeah. Because yeah. you cried an appropriate amount for me, who also <laughs> cried. So. No, that was yeah. so funny. Like, that, the Mulan trailer was actually really good. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was really good. I, I wasn't going to see that movie because I really do like the, the animated version and, like, the fact that they're not doing... Well, it's just like all of the, all of the changes that they've made and the fact that they made, um, I can't remember his name right now, but the, the, her little commander, Shang, Shang, the commander that wasn't like the kind of falls for her and it's like cannon by because he falls for a dude at first, you know, like, yeah, I'm I'm sad that they, they changed that role. I'm, I'm sad a lot, a lot about Mulan, but I after seeing that preview, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to go see it. Because it looks like they are going to tell an interesting dramatic story. Yeah, it does. And, you know. Yay, ladies. And it's got Michelle Yeoh in it. And I love her. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, me too. <sighs> me okay. too. Uh, we have many questions. Um, I will read first because I need to. Okay. Well, I guess I don't need to. If you want to read first with all of the questions, you can happily read first because I read, read all of the other ones <laughs> okay. so far. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mama Ben got her boys visors for Christmas. Any chance we'll see either of them use them? Let's go one at a time. This is all Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen. Uh, I She has the best chance of anyone <laughs> to uh, get them to use Also, it. would like to point out, she does this every year. Really? Yeah. And this is not... Obviously, that nothing has changed. So, no, they will not be using their visors. One of them is going to lose an eye. Yep. Or, like Mark Stahl, not lose the eye, but just be permanently damaged because of it. Yeah. But if it's Jordy... Do you remember that? It was gross. It was gross. Uh, if it's Jordy, though, he could at least go pirate rather than lumberjack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamie Benn can grow a respectable beard these days. He could also he go could. pirate. He could. He's just more of a... Lumberjack. No. I don't know. I just... He doesn't strike fear. No. Not me, though. I couldn't see him boarding ships with that giggle. No. Well, I mean, but Jordy Ben giggles. Not the same. Okay. Not the same. Number two. (laughs) How are the Boston Prides so good this year? I'm telling you, it's because they got purchased. They have a... Like, I mean, the Buttes were amazing the year they got purchased by the, the, um, Pagulas? Pagulas? I don't know how you say it. Um, but the people who own the Buffalo Bills. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. Um, it, it's, it, one, it makes them feel like the premier team in the league, regardless of talent on the roster. Mm-hmm. Two, it's kind of like they have to prove it that this was a worthwhile purchase. And again, this can all be subconscious, psychologically. Right. And three, they do have a very, very talented roster. Like, kind of going into the season, like, number one, having Dempsey again is amazing for them as a team. Um, super big, you know, super good veteran. I think she's, like, first in all-time scoring in the NWHL now at this point. Yeah, I mean... I think there's a strong psychological component, but, like, they they had a lot of talent on the roster in the last couple of years, and it's just gotten better. And they have the psychological um, component, too. So, yay! Boston Pride! Yay, Boston Pride! Number three. Ideal tailgate food and drink. Anything special you'd make for the Winter Classic? I don't know. I do like tailgating with, like, pre-made mixes of stuff for drinks. Um... Just because it makes life easier. You don't have to transport as much stuff. So I like a, like, um, 
I like a redneck margarita where you basically just take the lime juice or the limeade and pour tequila straight into it. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> well, you do it in the correct proportion. Sure. But that way you have it all in one bottle. Mm-hmm. It's already sweetened. It's already got the lime. It's better than actually margarita mix, in my opinion. Yeah. I really like the reports that I heard of the car that was doing sushi and, um, they were doing, what were they doing? Sushi and mimosas. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find that car, but I didn't. Yeah. I, w- I would never do sushi, obvious, for obvious reasons, but. Wait, uh, what are your obvious reasons? To I do don't it? eat fish. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> what are the obvious reasons here? I'm missing something. No, yeah, that's a good reason, obviously, if you don't eat fish. Um, I wouldn't do it just because I don't trust anything that keeps things cold mm-hmm. in your car, unless you have a portable, uh, fridge, which my parents have, but, um, they also have more, they have money to throw away. Mm-hmm. I would probably do, I mean, I would want to bring a grill and grill out something. I mean, but I think that is the best tailgate food. That is the best tailgate food. So I would want to like grill sausages or hot dogs or something yeah brats brats right brats with a good mustard brats with a good mustard and some sauerkraut mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what i would want yep if i could do it over again and we were tailgating that's where i would do yeah for sure yep and number four how would you ham up players names oh gosh puns on command hammy ben sure uh i'm trying to even like who's on our goddamn roster anymore bacon bishop oh that's good Matthias Hammark. <laughs> that one took too long. Hmm. Pork products. <laughs> Tyler Sausage. Tyler Sausage. That's his other, that's his porn name. <laughs> it's so true though. <laughs> oh. cocky boy's name. What did they do for Andrew Cogliano? Because wasn't he one of the... Cogliano. Cogliano. Hmm. I don't think anything who fits swine very well. I was just thinking of that one and how you do that. Andrew... Andre Swankera. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. I mean, I guess you could recycle Hammy Alexiak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too bad we don't have Ham Hughes anymore. That one was built in. It was. It was built in. Uh, I did think it was kind of bullshit that they went with Gabriel Landis Cog and people oh, not even on Nashville or Dallas. Well, they also had Alexander Ovechkin doing something. Like, right. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I thought it was weird. I, th- I thought that was weird, too. <sighs> I thought it should have only been Dallas and Nashville players. I completely agree. Especially okay. since I guarantee those aren't the pigs' actual names. No. Uh, I think we're done hogging it up. We are done hogging it up. Okay. Julia, friend of the podcast, who has a nickname that I have forgotten, so clearly it wasn't a very good nickname. We'll come up with one. Uh, asks, talk about L. <laughs> so L is Holly's dog. She's very photogenic. If you follow Holly, who is at Holly Hall at all, you will see pictures of Elle eventually. She's very photogenic. She's a beautiful dog. Much bigger than I would have anticipated based on pictures. Uh Uh-huh. And just the sweetest little girl, but also the most skittish. Very shy. Very, very, very shy. I did not get to pet her the entire time I was there because she would not let me. She licked my hand once. She, she sniffed my hand a couple of times, uh, and she would like, she got to the point where she would sit closer to us on the couch. Yeah. Uh, even if we walked up to her, but yeah, she's, she's a very skittish dog. And like, that's how Holly got her. She was a, it was a rescue dog situation and like, she's got some history and a reason to be skittish and that makes me very, very sad mm-hmm. and I'm happy that Holly has her, has her now. Yes. But yeah, she was, she's a very beautiful, sweet, photogenic dog that does not like people very much. And then I actually got to spend the last couple of days at my friend Cesar's, and he got a golden doodle. I love those dogs. And I had never met her until just now. And, like, honestly, the sweetest, so well-trained. She's not even a year old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, she's super good she's with big. people. Yeah. She's probably going to grow a teeny bit more, but not much. Yeah. Um, he's hoping that she doesn't add more than, like, pounds you know what I yeah, mean? yeah she's a big girl yeah yeah um and uh but she's so sweet like 
the minute I walked in, she barked like three times and that was it. And then would follow me around, like put her head in my lap so that I would scratch her ears. Aww. I mean... What's her name? Ivy. Oh, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put up some pictures of her on my Twitter too. But like, yeah, that was, like, if I would have a dog, I would want a temperament like hers. Yeah. <laughs> she was just it's so, so hard sweet. to, it's so hard to figure out what they're going to be like when they're yeah. puppies. And if you're doing a rescue dog situation, you never know what you're going to get. Exactly. Yeah. So, sure. but yeah, she, a golden retriever, every golden retriever I've ever had has been the sweetest fucking dog. Yeah. They're just sweet dogs. Well, and I think, I think he also got really lucky with her temperament because like, uh, a friend of his also has a golden doodle and they're like in some kind of a bossy, more of a, not, not necessarily like a herder dog. Cause you know how some dog, well, like Australian shepherds like to herd people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, wants to do its thing and I don't know. That must be the poodle. Must be the poodle in it. Yeah. But yeah, also very smart dog. Yeah. Very, very smart dog. So. That's the time with some puppies, which I wasn't even thinking about when I booked this trip. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Uh, that's my turn. Your turn, yes. Tanner, DFL. <laughs> Tanner, DFW prospect guy Wilson, who always keeps us up to date with all of the DFW prospects. Uh, which player did the Western look the best? It is hands down. Answer. Roman Pollock. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Some somebody was trying to say that it was um Blake Como versus Roman Pollock, and I retwe- I I did one of my better tweets this year so far. I think on this fifth day of January, <laughs> um that uh Blake Como looks like Hollywood's idea of Western yes. gear, and Roman Pollock looks like he's already seen some shit out on the range. Yes, and he just doesn't want to bother you with it, ma'am. Yeah. Like that. Like Roman Pollock could go star in a remake of Shane right is, now. He is ready right now. Ready right now. Absolutely. Y'all made fun of me when I said Roman Pollock could get it. No, I. Oh, you didn't see that response to that, did you? Not look at the thing, because I will continue to make fun of you for that. Because I, <laughs> what I, what exactly what I said was, I said he looks good as a cowboy. Not that I wanted to cowpoke anything. <laughs> Is exactly what I said. I I didn't. I I'm still making fun of you for saying he could get it because I would not want him to touch me. No. I'm just saying he looks good as a cowboy. Like he makes a good cowboy. Is all I'm saying. Yep, that does it for me. Works for me. That's good. I'm glad. And the moms. Yeah, he's very popular with the moms. And I'm probably more so. We watched we watched the Fast and the Furious. Movies, oh my god! Which was this? It was Fast 7, or no, Fast 8. Wait, did you do your happy thing? I didn't do a happy thing. My happy thing is pretty obviously I got to go on vacation and see all my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was going to be my happy thing. Like we went, I landed in Den, uh, in Dallas, and the first thing that we did is that Holly and Marin and I went out for a giant plate of barbecue. After I picked her up at the airport because I am the best friend. Exactly. And then it just like got better from there. And like... The last couple of days I've been here in Austin, I've just kind of been chilling at my friend's house and then like going out in the afternoon or in the evening and like just quick little visits with people and that's it. And just kind of like super low key, sleeping a lot. And yeah. We watched so much food. <laughs> we watched four movies yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Because we went and saw Little Women and then we watched Fate of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw and Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, strong recommend. Let's do, let's do a quick and dirty recap of those movies. Okay. Fate of the Furious. Didn't love. Didn't love. It no. was fine. Didn't love it. Wasn't the, was not the weakest link in that franchise. No. But also not the strongest I at all. We, okay, if I'm gonna, okay, we're gonna, Hobbs and Shaw doesn't go in the rank because it's not It's a different thing. A Fast and Furious movie. It's Fast and Furious Presents. Yeah. Number one Fast and Furious movie for me is Fast Five. I, I go back and forth between number one and number five. I think number two is the, is fa- the first Fast and the Furious. Yeah. So I I could go I could go either way on the top two, but those are definitely my top two. And then I think number seven is my seven next. Seven is the third next one. Um, and then it gets dodgy. <laughs> we are already I know. in dodgy territory. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like five, one, and seven are clearly the best of the bunch. And then, and then I don't think that I don't even think that Tokyo Drift is my least favorite. No, I think four is my least favorite. I think four is my least favorite. I think I and probably, I think it goes four two four three two. 
No, no, sorry. Two, two three, three four. four. Two, three, four. So then that puts six and eight in the middle there. Yeah. Because I think they are roughly equivalent. Yeah. And I think I'd probably put six above eight because six is the return of Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Which we fucking love. And Michelle Rodriguez is a villain, which was very fun. Yeah. And the only thing that eight really had going for it was Jason Statham baby fight. Oh, God, that was so great, though. Like, we were sitting there the whole time, like, just kind of, like, bored with the movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... Jason Statham shows up to rescue this baby, like, literally picks this baby up, and then we were like, what? We are in here. At first, I thought he was going to actually, like, parachute with the baby, which I would have been there for. Yes. But, like, instead, what he does is fights a plane full of bad guys while holding and talking to this baby. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It was, it was everything I needed. Yeah. It was almost worth it to watch that whole movie. If the rest of the movie had lived up to the baby fighting scene, it would have been number one. Yeah. Yeah. But the baby fighting scene was so good. It's like yeah. they blew their wad on baby fighting. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's a phrase that I probably shouldn't say a whole lot. Really shouldn't ever <laughs> at all say that phrase. <laughs> yeah, but one, I mean, one is just so classically iconic. Yeah. I mean, there's... It, Kicked off a franchise for a reason. It did. No, I love it. And Seven, Seven, a part of, I think, like, I think that Seven was a good movie, Mm -hmm. but part, like, like, I want to say, like, a good 50% of the reason that I love Seven is because of, like, the emotion attached to Uh it being Paul Walker's last movie. Yeah. And I think, um, for me, the reason that Two, which is objectively a bad movie, edges out Three and Four, also objectively bad movies. Um, is that it introduces both Roman and Tej, who are... Amazing. Yeah, amazing and necessary characters and really come into their own in later movies. Yeah. And you can't say the same about Tokyo Drift, which never got another movie, except that Han shows up. And again, Han is clearly the best character in that entire movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like... I feel like I would have liked that movie so much more if the main character had been literally anyone else. Agreed. Like, even if they substituted a sexy lamp, it would have been better than having whatever that guy's real name is. leg lamp. (laughs) Fragile. I know I'm a guy, Jean. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's, like, that actor is from Alabama. And always, always, always sounds like he's from Alabama. Yep. Can't act. Can't change the accent. Nope. Not attractive in the slightest. Nope. And had this straight across his forehead bowl haircut. It was so bad. It was so bad. I feel like with that haircut, they were trying to go with, like, he had been in military school look, but it didn't... But he hadn't been in military school. he hadn't been in military school. He'd clearly been in public school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was awful. Also... Pretty racist. Definitely had a lot of racist elements to it, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, not not a fan of three. Not a fan of three. But four is just a mess. Four is, yeah, four is, four is the worst mess. Even three is the next worst Gal Gadot. mess. I love her, though. I love her, but her character was useless. I know. Like, the best thing that her character... This is the worst thing to say about a female character. The best thing that ever happened to her female character role is that she ended up hooking up with Han, which made them intrinsically more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is the worst thing to say about a lady character, but it's kind of true. It was ex- extremely true. Her whole role in 4 was to be hot and kind of mysterious. I don't know. And so, yeah. Anyway, that was my happy thing. We finished out the Fast and the Furious franchise so far. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of us. Never say we can't finish something. Uh, Who would? What, what, what question were we on? Uh, we're on my turn next, I think. Uh, Tink asks, if we eat Roham Yossi, will we gain his piggy powers? That's kind of gross. <laughs> what, you've never eaten something with a name before? No. You Didn't you have to like, grow up on a farm partially? No, my th- I grew up in the military. We were on army bases. No, I thought like your grandparents had a farm. They did, but they didn't keep animals on it. Oh. Um, we call it the farm because it's in the middle of farm country, and their neighbors had cows. Mm-hmm. They my the only thing my parent my grandparents ever kept on their farm were were horses, and we did not eat the horses. 
I guess it's not necessarily that I wouldn't eat a thing with a name because my parents have a ranch now and we've eaten those animals. It's more just like... What would his piggy powers be? Well, he won, so really fast. For a pig. It's probably faster than me. (laughs) (laughs) He's running on four legs and I've only got the two. Would you grow extra legs? Would you become like a half human, half pig? Centaur. We are are now into body horror territory. And I'm not for it. Okay, okay. Maybe you could smell truffles? Fuck, that'd be a nice one. That would be cool. I love truffles. I like truffles too. That's not what I like about truffles. But, counterpoint, if you have a good sense of smell, then you can smell Unpleasant things too. Not just truffles. What if I could only smell truffles? I mean, only, only smell truffles? Or like that's Well, that would be the only heightened smell. I'd be okay with that. I think I'd be okay with that too. Now, would you eat Rohan Yossi just for that power? Probably not. It's not really useful. Not helpful enough. No. So I guess our question is no. The answer is no. The answer is no to the question. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Andrew, too cool for Cali LA, asks, which cat's roles are the Stars players, especially Dobby? And Carolyn, have you seen? I have not seen cats. Okay. So I need to pull up (laughs) the cats. Which is the most horny? Oh. Because that's Tyler Sagan. Is it Jason Derulo's role? <laughs> yeah, it is. What hang is on. his name? Rum Tum Tugger. Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, hang yes, on just a second. That's definitely Tyler Sagan. Um, if Dobby is not the magical Mr. Mistopheles, I do not fucking know who would be. So okay, he... Dobby then. Done. We're the arbiter of this. We done and done. done. It's Dobby. Um... <laughs> do we have a frail elderly cat who used to be a famous actor? <laughs> No, but Kari Lettman hangs around the team. Oh, a flirty and confident queen. Also Tyler Sagan. Also Tyler Sagan. (laughs) No, that would be Rupe Hintz, probably. Do we have a former glamour cat who is ostracized and has lost her sparkle and now only wants to be accepted? Would that be Cory Perry? (laughs) Yes! (laughs) So so Cory Perry is Grizabella and sings memory at the end. Oh, God. Yeah. Do we have a motherly caretaker? Uh, yeah, that would be... I feel like that's Ben Bishop. Yeah, that could be Ben Bishop or even Roman Polak. Yep, yep. But you have to say the names of the cats. We don't know who they are. That's Jelly Lorem. Okay. I mean, they don't have names in the mo- in the play or the movie. The only ones that get named, like, named in the play is, like, the fucking Magical Mr. Mistopheles because he sings his name. Like, the so- his song is the Magical Mr. Mistopheles. Uh, anyway, so Jemima, who is the youngest kitten, would probably be Dennis Gurionov. <laughs> <laughs> no, Miro Haskin is Miro younger. Haskin's younger, that's right. Uh, idealistic and jovial. Asa Lindell. No, that's Jemima. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, so. then it's definitely Haskin. Yeah. Uh, is there one that sits around all day and is seemingly very lazy? <laughs> <laughs> sits around all day and is seemingly very lazy. I mean, if there's one thing to say about hockey players is that none of them are lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Except for young Jamie Ben. Except for young Jamie Ben. <laughs> we could call Jamie Ben that guy and then get blacklisted. All right, Jamie Ben fans. <laughs> that's Jenny Any Dots. Uh, do we have a notorious criminal known as the Napoleon of Crime? <laughs> Corey Perry. <coughs> Corey Perry is McCavity. We already used Cory Perry. Nope. Too late. Too late. Done. Okay. A flashy and unappeasable cat who loves to be the center of attention. John Klingberg. <laughs> no, no. This is Rum Tum Tugger. Oh. It's still... It's still no, that Tyler is definitely Tyler Sagan. Yeah. Sagan. I definitely nailed that one without trying. Is there somebody who is vain and insecure and full of bravado? No. Wait. Hang on. Hang on. Is Rum Tum Tugger... Knowing what we know about the Dallas Stars calendar, Tyler Sagan, or Jason Dickinson, Jason Dickinson, horny on the rope, horny on the rope. And that's what we'll have for this episode at all. <laughs> and scene. Oh shit. <laughs> Horny on the rope. You are fucking welcome. 
You are also horny on the rope. You can find us on social media. <laughs> Please don't be horny on my timeline. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. <coughs> or you can do what you want on my timeline if I follow you. Don't be horny in my mentions. Uh, uh, you can find my, to mention me or find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official uh, Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey, and you can ha- email us with a longer question, comment, or horn. I don't know. I don't question. think that works. I don't think that works. Please don't email us your horny questions. Deepheart Hockey at gmail.com. Yeah, I just send those straight to Clay Carolyn. Uh, <laughs> you can also find our blog where we are the least horny at uh, <laughs> tpartthockey.wordpress.com. Bye. Good God. What a podcast. <laughs>